Welcome to Causing the Effect, where we will connect and change the mind and body. Steve Whitney, how you doing, brother? Amazing, brother. Amazing. Thank you for coming on. Uh, everybody, welcome. Causing the Effect. You know what we're doing by this point. Um, I'm lucky. I'm excited. Steve is a uh, Soma Breathwork instructor, certified vinyasa yoga teacher, vipassana Buddhist, and got it. All this good stuff I'm excited to do. Steve, I don't even know where to begin. I think we'll start with the story first. Um, you know, your friend reached out, mentioned that we had similar, you know, I was in the, the finance space, hedge fund world, Manhattan for six years, and the stress got to me. I, I'm doing something similar, but what was, what, what was your background? Like, how did you end up in Thailand? So everybody knows this motherfucker's in Thailand, beautiful on the, off the beach. I'm jealous. I'm in the, the, the timid Brooklyn. We don't know who the president is over here. Tell me everything. <laughs> Steve, tell me how you're doing. Tell me how you ended up there. Uh, it's a pretty wild story, actually. I mean, I grew up doing construction and many other things of that nature, just like kind of brunt, brute work. And uh, when I got into my early, mid-20s, I moved to Denver, Colorado. And okay. it was there that I started a business as a building engineer. And so I actually trained myself how to be a building engineer. I landed a big contract just by the sheer, you know, luck and fate, right place at the right time. And so I was 24 years old and had started a building engineering and property management business. And I ran that business for almost seven years and, and blew it up. Uh, I was making killer money. And so I had the, all the fun toys. I was what, 26, 27 years old, had a big, massive, fancy truck, penthouse apartment, and uh, all the bells and whistles, everything else. But I also had a pretty severe drinking problem. <laughs> was definitely doing quite a bit of uh, my fair share of drugs um, on the weekends and was living a very, very unhealthy lifestyle. But I was raised to work hard and party harder. And that was just kind of the conditioning and the mentality that I had been raised in. And so I weighed about 45, 50 pounds more than I do now. A lot of sugar whiskey weight, to yeah, say the least. Of course. And... Anyway, so, so life was good though. I mean, I was happy. I wasn't, nothing was that bad. You know, I drank good scotch, smoked good cigars and, uh, you know, had, you know, lots of toys and it wasn't, let's see, I guess it would have been in about 2016. Um, my mother passed away very um. spontaneously. And so she had diabetes for 12 years and, there was some medications that um, got switched and changed and yeah, something happened and uh, she went to the doctor, they cleared her, she was fine. A week later, we found her unconscious and uh, got her to the hospital and a week after that, she passed away. And so all the functions in her body failed. So, um, and I was really close with that woman. That was my best friend. She did everything for me. She was a pioneer. She fought against the schooling system because I was ADHD and dyslexic. And she created sports programs for me by the time I got into high school. I mean, she was literally just a saint. Wow. And so uh, that's when my drinking got really, really bad. And that went on for about a year. And I pretty much given up on, on everything and was, you know, killing myself slowly or quickly actually. Mm -hmm. Um, and a year after my mom passed away, my partner, uh, had a heart attack 
And so it was here that we decided to start to reevaluate our life and our lifestyle. Um, she was 28 years old, healthy. I was the unhealthy one and she ends up with heart attack. So we decided to sell everything. Um, you know, after two of my closest people in my life, almost, you know, one does die and one almost dies. I started to reevaluate what was important in life and what actions and, you know, movements I was making in my life. And I realized that I was just living on a hamster wheel, living out someone else's dream. And so it was there that we decided to sell everything. And in that process, I actually got a DUI, got arrested and got a DUI and wasn't able to leave the country. And so as we were getting ready to move to Thailand, I got arrested and was not able to leave the country. And so I spent about four months just praying and to my mother, please, I will change my life if you can help me get out of this. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but please help me out. And sure enough, brother, um, no one can quite figure out how or why, but the case got dismissed fully. Wow. Literally, I was on a plane two weeks after the case got dismissed. We had already sold everything. I, I got rid of the business and I was just rolling the dice. I just, I put all my faith in that um, it was going to work out in my favor. And I made promises to my mom, to the universe, to myself. And yeah, sure enough, the case got dismissed. And so we moved out to Thailand uh, where I started training in yoga, meditation, energy work, breath work, all these things. And actually that's where it got worse. Um, for six months of me living on a beautiful island in Thailand, I fell into the deepest state of depression and became um, suicidal, actually. Oh, my God. I thought, see, you threw me a curve there with that. I thought you were bringing the, the, the up part. Okay, so how how does that – and, dude, just so you know, I think for, for some listeners they know, but, like, that story you just told is my story. And it's really weird. Everything you said, I used to be 40, 50 pounds over. I was in a hedge fund and I was, we were literally blow Molly, everything Friday night in the club, Saturday night in the club, Sunday night in the club. My father is a pro gambler in Vegas. I was going every weekend back, bro. It was, and then what, you know, what, what knocked me off DUI. And I'm going to be honest with you in my case, didn't get dismissed, but dude, I pulled, I was, I was driving drunk and I felt so bad. I pulled over and I like I walked away from the car thinking like, I'll just walk away and I'll just f I'll find a way home. And that's how I got it. I didn't even get pulled over. It was, it was like a dumb DUI. But that's so that's so uh, that's so crazy how that 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 parallel is there. Wow. OK, but I'll get back back to your story now. You get to Thailand. OK, so I could I know how you felt. I can imagine being in that situation. You if you put me on a beautiful island, your partner's there. What what led to to was it something else that happened or was it more just the the situation from what i've gathered at this point was well two things one i i had lost my identity i had gotten so deep into corporate america that i that's how i identified by myself and it's kind of that thing when you meet somebody at dinner at the bar at a meetup whatever and the first thing you ask is what do you do it's like the most common question. And it's not, what is your passion? What do you like? What do you love? Who are you? No, it's what do you do? What is your work? And my work was my identification because I wasn't schooled or trained in these things. I, I fought through the system. I trained myself and I worked my ass off. So I had a lot of pride in how hard I worked and how I, I defeated all odds. And, and between all these big management companies doing millions of dollars a year, my little 24 year old self landed the gig and it was from hard work. 
So that was my identity. I identified myself as, as this person, this building engineer. And when I got to the island, my identity was gone. And then what I was doing is I was, I was witnessing and observing everybody else. And um, so I didn't think I was good enough. I wanted to be this yogi. I thought that my partner would leave me if I wasn't a, a good yogi where I wore white all the time and I prayed to Gaia and to Shakti and Shiva and all this stuff. And so um, that, I think that had a lot to do with it, a lot to do with it. And the other thing too is one of the core values that I found in life is contribution. A human being needs to contribute in some way, shape, or form, whether it's for themselves or for a greater good. Um, and without that kind of ness in your life, then things can go way out of balance. And that's what happened is I wasn't, I wasn't giving back to anything and I had lost my identity. I was lost completely. And I was training. I did a 30-day yoga intensive. I did meditation trainings. I did vipassanas. I did Buddhist meditation forms and trained with monks. And uh, <laughs> it got worse and worse to the point where I literally was just having thoughts of running into traffic, just taking my bike and accidentally turning left instead of right and just getting smashed. And you know, I had, I had learned a lot about like reincarnations and things like that. And so it terrified me because I didn't want to die, um, but I was having these thoughts. I was that chemically imbalanced that I was having these thoughts and it scared me. And actually on accident, I went to dinner with my partner and my best friend that came to visit me and the dinner place was closed and I was pissed. And there was a multi-sensory meditation going on at this venue. And I was like, I want nothing to do with this. Take me home. You know, I was in a real low vibration about six months. And I wanted multi-sensory. I was like, no, I want some, some cannabis or some hash cookies, or I want to, you know, take a, a micro dose of some psilocybin or something of that nature. Um, because I was doing a lot of psilocybin work to try and heal my pains, to try and tune into my subconscious. And, um, and I was, I was furious that I couldn't have this anyway. So lo and behold, they talked me into staying. And a fine gentleman walks out of the back room to introduce this. And it so happens to be the founder of Soma Breath. And we did a multi-sensory meditation where we watched hypnofractals on a big screen and we put on headphones. Every person had a wireless set of headphones. And we did like a two and a half hour breathwork session doing Soma Breath guided. And like 35, 40 people all sat in this room and did this powerful breathwork session. And it was so funny too, because somebody leans in and says, Hey, I have some psilocybin if you want to take this to the next level. And I was like, No way, you got to be kidding me. Like so, perfect me and this person took a small micro dose, went through this experience, and it changed my life. I saw a glimmer of light that I had never, ever seen before. And I went to the founder, Niraj, right after that session. I said, I have to know more. I have to know more. I think I, th I just tapped into something. And it was about seven days after that, we talked him into doing a, a teacher training. And it was the very first Soma instructor teacher training to date. Wow. It was almost three years ago. And that experience changed my life. And I knew right then and there that I wanted to dedicate my life to training in the science of pranayama, physiology, neurology, and, and help others the same way that this practice was able to help me. And that was, that was the big shift ever since that moment. It wasn't easy to climb out of it. But man, the trajectory after doing that breathwork session was zero to hundred miles an hour in the most positive, beautiful ways. Transformed my life. Three years later, 
Now I manage the entire instructor training program. I help instructors get into other verticals. Wow. And again, my life has changed completely. That's incredible, man. And I feel like, you know, anytime you're about to have a breakthrough, it's like putting, it's like stopping the gunpowder out of a gun. Like all that rough time you're having for those six months just was like waiting to explode into this experience of basically, because I always feel like you take two steps forward, then three step, th two steps back and then three steps forward. And ho hopefully that's kind of how, you know, level up. But that sounds like that's what happened there. You probably skyrocketed. That's incredible. Now, yeah. as far as the Soma breath work, um, I wanted you to explain it. I, I, you know, I was, I was dabbling on the, the reading of it. I've, I've been doing um, the Wim Hof method, which I, I, I know someone was like a power breath. I was getting, it, it was looked similar, but then it looked like you guys may be doing a little slow down, but, but explain to, to everybody, you know, what, what, what what's the method like, how long does it take all the whole, the whole thing? The, the really cool thing about Soma is the deep dive into the science, the science of breathing. So in Kundalini and yoga, meditation, even most forms of breath work, if you do this, it'll cleanse your liver. If you do that, it'll detox your gallbladder. Or if you do this or do that, why? Why does it do it? And I've yet to find anyone to actually break down the science of why. And this is something that always stopped me from fully embracing um, this level of spirituality because there's a, a level of trust that goes into your spiritual practice. But at the same time, I also wanted to know why, <laughs> why is it that it's doing this to my liver? I just don't get it. And that's what I learned in Soma. And it's a deep, deep dive. And this is what differentiates Soma from every other modality is that generally people see breath work as this one thing. Okay. It's one method. You have the Wim Hof method. You have transformational breath. You have rebirthing, holotropic. It's one thing. And this is the issue is that there's no one size fits all. Not only that, but all those other modalities are not safe to do on a daily basis. If you're doing like Wim Hof is good, but it's right on the cusp of being potentially um, damaging because you're, it's such an aggressive method. If you're breathing that hard every single morning, then this is actually putting a lot of negative strain on your nervous system. And depending of what kind of condition you're in, what kind of past you're dealing with, that could actually re-traumatize you. And so the Wim Hof method is phenomenal. And all these other methods are amazing. I'm not saying anything bad about them, but what about, you know, the daily practice? How can I incorporate these things daily? And so you mentioned like Soma slows it down and that's not quite the case. The case is is that we learn what different rhythms do to the mind and the body, to the functions of the physiology. And when you tune the breath oh so slightly, it's going to affect the set of actions and reactions that are happening in the mind and the body. So if somebody is dealing with hypertension, high levels of stress and burnout, well, there's a method that is going to apply to them in the state and current state that they're in that's going to help them to reach their goals much faster. And then you grow into more aggressive, more um, kind of deeper sessions. So that's the really the big differentiator with Soma is there's not one a one size fits all. It's uh, quite the opposite. We go so deep into the science, into the physiology that we learn and we train instructors to understand how different rhythms patterns, speeds, breath retentions, forms of kumbhaka, all are going to affect the body. When you understand this, you can piece things together to meet the client or the individual where they're at and help them to reach the state that they want to achieve.
And and also, this is funny you said that because you know I was thinking this the other day. I was just going. I'm gonna say I do it every day, honestly, because it's a little rough. But I, I was thinking. I wish that there was like, you know, th- I f- I did the Wim Hof because it gives you en- energy. But what if I was stressed out? What if I have anxiety? What if I have hypertension or if I just feel taught? You know, you're not focused. Like I feel like that's been another problem with COVID over here in America. But it's like that. That's a really cool idea, and I'm sure you know you probably have some pow- power breathing. But in in your experience, is, is there a main? Uh, or popular, like the original flavor of the Soma breath that people just seem to, it works for them? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And <clears throat> the big differentiator as well with Soma is rhythmic breathing. Okay. So you hear of like conscious connected breathing. Okay. That's great. But think about this. Anytime that you want to get a glimpse into a human being, you can always reflect on nature or animals. So this is the, the forms of the Ayurvedic tradition and, and the, the text in the Rig Veda, the most ancient manuscript. And that is what formulated yoga, meditation, pranayama is the Ayurvedic system. Okay. And in the Ayurvedic system, you always look to nature first, and that's how you can connect with yourself. So nature works off of rhythms. Okay. Seasons, the rise and fall of the sun, uh, tides coming in and out, waves on the ocean, flowers that blossom and then close. Everything in nature is rhythmic. Everything is rhythmic. So our bodies are also rhythmic. Okay. And this is really, really important for us to understand is that um, if you're not breathing in a proper rhythm, then you're creating a disharmony to all the functions in your body. So when you breathe in a rhythm, a specific rhythm, and I'll go into that in just a second, but what you're doing is you're actually aligning the rhythms of the functions in your body and your physiology, the blood flow, the heart rate, it's called coherence, the optimization of the functions in your physiology. So from circulation to heartbeat and blood flow, to the release of different um, uh, hormones and neurotransmitters, to everything is just in beat. It's like a symphony. It's the difference between a symphony and a garage band. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when, you, when you tune into these rhythms and you breathe to a specific rhythm, this is where your whole body aligns and everything gets in sync. And when you can find this harmony, this internal harmony, magical things can happen. So this is like our prevered um, routine is rhythmic breathing. There's many different rhythms to achieve different actions, whether you want energy or you want to calm down. You follow this rhythmic breathing and the music in Soma is designed to guide you in the optimal breathing rate. So it's not that you're just breathing consciously or in a rhythm yourself, No, each beat of the music is guiding a breath. And so you're connecting with the sound of music and the power of vibration and frequency, and you're creating a coherence with rhythmic breathing, okay? Um, And it's always in through the nose and out through the mouth. This is really important because when you breathe in through your nose, it's a vasodilator from the production of nitric oxide. So this actually dilates your blood vessels and increases blood flow and the movement of oxygen around the body. Anyway, so you breathe in this rhythm for a period of time. Then you take a deep breath in, a full breath out and hold. You remove all the air from your lungs and you hold. And this is where your oxygen levels start to drop. CO2 levels begin to build. We can talk about that in a second. 
And then after you can't hold your breath out for any longer, you've taken it as far as you can. We really encourage people to go uh, override that urge to breathe. Then you take a deep breath in and hold. And this has a powerful effect of increasing blood flow, oxygen, and even increasing the cerebral spinal fluid to then um, increase into your brain where it's really, really vital that you get that oxygen and blood flow. Then you do another round of that. So it's rhythmic breathing, holding your breath out, holding your breath in. That's like our prevered soma awakening. And the other important piece with this is it's not just about breathing. It's also about visualization. And this is the missing link in manifesting, man. It really is. They always tell you to just think, believe and manifest, right? The book, The Secret, all these other Mm -hmm. uh, coaches and trainers, believe in it, visualize it, visualize it. Well, 95% of your life is ran from your subconscious mind. So if you're visualizing the most beautiful home or the most amazing connection with a partner or relationship, but deep down in your subconscious mind, you don't feel like you're good enough. You don't feel worthy that you deserve it. Then there's a pro there, there's a break in the chain. And this is why people don't see the, the grand effects of, of manifesting. Okay. And there's a reason why <clears throat> when you create a visualization, this is very important whatever it is that you want, whether that's healing your body, attracting and relationship, abundance, financial abundance, whatever it is, you create a visualization. And this is what we guide our awakening sessions to do is to create visualization. But then the important thing is that you generate a feeling. How would it feel to have that? What feeling? So you start to engage the five senses, what it would taste like, feel like, look like, smell like. All of these senses get incorporated. Again, you're getting closer and closer, but there's still something missing. And that's the breath, okay? Your breath has the ability to raise your level of vibrational energy. You can manufacture your own happiness because your breath is directly tied to your endocrine system, which is your hormones. So you can release serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, acetylcholine, all these amazing hormones and neurotransmitters that make you feel good. Okay. So you raise your level of vibrational energy into that frequency of joy, passion, love, gratitude. And at this point you become an absolute magnet. And this is when we see massive transformation, reprogramming the subconscious mind, people being able to manifest their dreams, their partners, money, everything that they've ever wanted. But the breath was the missing link. And so this is something you don't find in these other breathwork modalities is the understanding and the science of how to raise your level of vibrational energy, connect the mind to the body, visualization to feeling, elevate that feeling and you are unstoppable. Wow. Yeah, that's funny. No, it's just, it's, it's a brilliant thing because it feels like all these things should go together right now. I'm sitting here doing a little breath work for 10 minutes here, a little visualization for 10 minutes at the end. And it's like, why not put it there? Cause it sounds like there's, I'm sure your, your brain is going from, you know, uh, Delta to, to theta, you know, out of, you know, I believe it's, um, you know, the, I don't want to sound, sound, sound crazy. Oh, that beta to alpha to theta. That's it. Is that, you know, you're slowing your, your breath down. I like the way that, that you're saying it. Cause it's the science bad. Cause that's when you start to lose people when in this world, and I, you know, being in Brooklyn, I'm sure you felt that way being a construction guy. I know these, these New York construction guys are <laughs> talking about this with people. Once you move it, <laughs> that step right there that you're talking about from wait, magnet, wait on this. And th- again, this is, I think, the, the, the whole thing of what I'm trying to do here, that's why I say causing the effect. It's about what we're trying to do is like we're, we're at this cool point between science is telling us that this ancient wisdom is correct. Like this is here. The, this is facts. 
and people could believe it or not, but because that's the hard part. I always have that that you know Joe Dispenza calls it the greater consciousness. But the way you're saying it, it's more, it's rational. It's backed by you know science, and and that's I think that's how people are going to start believing this stuff. You know, well, and that's a great point. But on the contrary as well, you can speak science all day, but until somebody sees it in real life time, there can be a break in that as well. You know, because like even myself, what the hell is my breath gonna do for me? People are like, you need, you should do breath work. Go fuck off. <laughs> I would tell them, fuck off. Uh, but no, that that's ridiculous. And some of my friends, even my family members, completely disregarded this completely for years. Thought I was crazy, and obviously now they think much differently. Um, but the thing is, is that there's tools that you can actually use to show that you have control over your autonomic nervous system. Okay. We're told that's why it's called autonomic. It's on autopilot. This is your digestive system. This is your hormones, your heart rate, um, circulation. Uh, yeah. Digestion, all of these different things that run on autopilot inside of your body. We're told we have no control over this. And this is very, very untrue. Your breath directly influences that. And so just like I've got a pulse oximeter on right now, you know, you can mm -hmm. see. Oh, wow. Look at that. You can see it. So the 108, 107, that is my, um, that's my heart rate. It's down to 99. So obviously I'm, you know, super activated and energized being on this call, but I can literally raise and lower that number dramatically just by using my breath and not doing any movement or anything else. So here, let me lower it right now. It's at 98. Okay, now I'm going to raise it up now that it's wow. at 85. It's down to 85, everybody. Just went down to 85. <laughs> That's crazy. Eighty-eight, ninety, ninety-five, ninety-eight, hundred, three, hundred. 100, 100, 3, 100, oh, wow, 125. Now it's regulating back down. Wow, back down to, look at this. People, it's down to 77. He got it down to. Dude, that's a that's awesome. Wow. And, and that just goes to show just by using your breath. So I went from, obviously, I'm very excited. Um, I'm on video. We're doing this podcast. So obviously, I'm going to be pretty elevated right now. Um, and so I was, I think I was at about 85 when um, I raised it up. So I went from mm -hmm. 85 to 125 beats per minute of my heart rate. And then I dropped it from 125 to 75 in what did we just do in 40 seconds, maybe 30, yeah. 40 seconds. Okay. So think about that. If I were to focus on the method that I did to raise it. Okay. When you raise your heart rate and you activate that section of the nervous system, that's your sympathetic, you're actually releasing a natural shot of adrenaline. Okay. So I'm actually feeling like uh, my body temperature has been raised. I feel like a burst of energy and kind of feel good sensations. And then what I did 
with my breathing, I lowered it. And at that point, I started to become parasympathetic. I started to control the heart rate and the blood pressure and lowering that. So what I'm trying to get here is if you were to do either one of those methods for a series of minutes, then you're going to create dominancy to your sympathetic nervous system or your parasympathetic nervous system. Mm. So if you will notice and watch as we have this discussion, I'll be extending my exhale, breathing out very slowly. Okay. So when you breathe in, your heart rate goes up, blood pressure rises and you activate your sympathetic nervous system. When you breathe out, your heart rate slightly goes down, your blood pressure decreases and you activate your parasympathetic nervous system. So if I'm breathing in more than I'm breathing out, then I am going to become very dominant of my sympathetic nervous system. Okay. This is generally the issue in the world today is that we're over breathing. We're breathing too much and we're creating stress, oxidative stress and stress to the nervous system. But if I breathe out more than I breathe in, then I'm going to lower my heart rate, my blood pressure and start to activate and create dominance to my parasympathetic nervous system. So if if you're getting ready to go into a business meeting, then sit down and have two or three minutes of slow extended exhales, slow extended exhales. You're going to lower that heart rate, blood pressure, and you'd never make good decisions when you're super stressed out. Do you? Nope. Exactly. So we want to become parasympathetic. We want to be in that state of clarity, focus, and, and this can be done when you become parasympathetic. Most people think that that activation of the nervous system means you're sleeping or you're laid back in a beach chair. No, no, no. You can be peak energy levels, but still be parasympathetic. And this is really important for people to understand. So literally all I did was use my pelvic floor muscle. I held my breath in. I locked my pelvic floor muscle, which is directly tied to your central nervous system. It's going to raise your uh, heart rate, body temperature. That's what Wim Hof uses when he's in ice is he's strengthened his nervous system and his mind to override those sensations, but he uses it's an old Tibetan uh, method. Well, Tumo, Tumo meditation, right? This was Tumo? Yeah. Wow. Exactly, man. And that's going to increase the body temperature. So that's how I was able to raise my heart rate. And then all I did is on my exhale, I was breathing like I was breathing out through a small straw. And because of that slow exhale, I started to drop heart rate and, you know, and everything else tied to it. So that's, that's how, as easy as it is. Wow. Literally you breathe in more, lock your pelvic floor. You're going to get a burst of energy and a shot of adrenaline. You want to calm down. All you have to do is exhale longer than you're breathing in. Breathe out like a straw. Um, you're making it look way too easy. I've, I've tried this. <laughs> you're, you're really good at this. <laughs> so you're just going up and down. I was like, I've, I've tried to do this. I can't, you know, because I think the problem for people is when you when you get into just, I, I'm sure, you know, you're in another country that's with a lot of political distress. But I, I mean, how, how is it there, by the way, with the, the government stuff? Are you not really near that? Leon? No, man, this island is like a quarantine in itself. So we have no oh. cases, no issues, no lockdowns, anything. Oh, like so that. you got no COVID. So, that's that's amazing. Well, yeah, he- yeah, we're honestly super, super blessed. Oh, wow. Well, do here it's, um, you know, America's never had more of a, like an undivision. Uh, everybody's anxious. And it's like, I want to tell everybody about everything that, that, that we talk about in these podcasts. Cause it's like, I don't know how we got here. I don't know. And I think this is where it starts, right? Being, if you can't get in touch with your body, how are you going to get in touch with your mind? Like it's all connected. Um, right. Where, like it, when you were here, was it, 
did you have these feelings like intuitively, like this may be a way for me to go, but you were kind of, cause I know you're big on your, on your identity, that belief that you were, you know, big baller doing drugs or partying against some girls. Mm -hmm. Did you feel that that was part of it? And did you intuitively, cause for me, I, I like kind of felt like this stuff was right. And now I'm like kind of just confirmed. Did you feel that? Or is this, did this come out of nowhere for you? What do you mean? I, I guess I'm not following you. Like what was so, right? What, what uh, just, just like, like, you know, the, this, I guess this choice of the breath work and taking a real kind of demonstrative step towards this is the, the right thing for me. Is this something you dabbled with in America? No, okay. no, no, I never did. I had never done yoga. I was big into fitness, sports, that kind of thing, but I had never dabbled in any of this stuff before I got to Thailand. And honestly, I did breath work in Thailand. I did rebirthing. I did holotropic, <clears throat> excuse me. And I hated it. It was probably my least favorite modality until I did a session that was not so aggressive. And it allowed my body to reach an optimized state. That optimization is how I had that glimmer of light. Um, and this is what's so important is breath work has like a, a kind of a connotation and, and a misconception. And we think it's, we scream, we cry and people go crazy and it's like shamanic. It's not really how it is. The, the, the actual foundation and core of pranayama is the less you breathe, the longer you live. It is your life force energy. Think about that. Without breath, wow. there is no life. And so the fact that we allow our breath to run on autopilot. So if we do, your breath is going to be subservient to your external environment. Okay. Your breath is a product. If you are unaware or conscious of your breathing, your breathing will become a product of your external environment. And look at the external environment that most of the world is in right now. This is very, very dangerous. Same thing. If I were to scare you, what are you going to do? <gasps> yep, always, You're going to take yeah. a breath in and hold. But what did, what happened to my nervous system when I did that? And I just showed you on the pulse oximeter. Yeah, I became sympathetic. I became stressed out. Heart rate went up, blood pressure increased. So that's the, the same thing in mentality is that we need to understand that your breath influences all the functions in your mind and body without breath. There is no life. It is the number one tool that keeps you alive. But therefore we really need to honor it more and bring awareness so that when we're in an environment that is not conducive to our health, our happiness, it's stressful, there's fear, there's hatred, we can adjust our breathing so we stay harmonic. And this is something I've learned through this process. But no, from the beginning, I thought it was kooky, man. I totally thought it was absolutely kooky. So no, at no point did I know that this was going to be my path. Absolutely not. <laughs> how, do, how do you think, you know, guys like ourselves, I think, you know, we are good examples of people who have kind of been on both sides. Is that the first step here? Is there, is there, I think what, you, what you're doing, taking, you know, the, the full step, it looks like you guys are growing slowly, but um, what, how do we kind of change the, this connotation of all this stuff, the spiritual, you know, Eastern uh, philo philosophical work that, that that's kind of looked at a different way in uh, America? Well, when push comes to shove, I mean, you can't make somebody do something that they're not ready to do. And, you know, this is really hard for teachers. We want to project ourselves. We want to save the world. We want to play the hero. And, uh, and I do everything that I, I can to do so. But at the same time, I, I, I learned very quickly that um, it, it doesn't matter. If you're not ready to receive it, then, you know, then it, it won't be received. But the way that I see it is why not? Why not? You know, it's like, why not give it a shot? 
And the cool thing is that there is a massive misconception in regards to health. You know, I have to eat everything organic. I have to meditate for an hour a day. I have to do my yoga sequence. I have to breathe for this long. Okay. Well, think about the energy that you're putting towards those thoughts. It's all being led by, I'm not good enough. I'm going to fail. I need to heal. If you're constantly thinking you need to heal, that means you're actually telling yourself that there's something wrong, that you're sick. And so this whole like meditate for an hour, do this for an hour, do this and blah, blah, blah. It's a joke. It's, it's Americanized um, information that is lost its text and context from the ancient original text and origins. Okay. And so... For example, we, a neuroscientist did a study on six people doing a Soma breath session, 20 minutes. That's it. Just 20 minute session. And the, the E, the, the brain mapping showed that they all dropped into theta and even some gamma brain waves, which is like deepest forms of meditation for like Buddhist monks. This is the expanded state of consciousness. When you get into gamma, the other magnificent thing that happened was that their default mode network went offline. And default mode network is this spot in the middle of your brain that actually controls your identity, how you identify yourself with the world. It's also considered your ego, okay? So the only other time that this part of the brain goes offline is with a heroic dose of um, psychedelics. In, in MDMA, psilocybin, LSD, one thing, and that's why it's always been a form of therapy, you know, mushrooms and, and LSD was used as a, as a form of therapy for a long time before it got, you know, illegal and all this other stuff. But it's because it actually was allowing the ego to drop. And when that ego drops, we can think with much more conscious awareness. We can think and connect to our feelings more than the logic part of our brain. And this was something that happened with every single person that did this study is that all of their default mode networks went offline. And so obviously they're not tripping or they're not having a hangover or anything like that. It was 20 minutes. So in 20 minutes, people were able to reach a brainwave state and reach the benefits of what they need to be healthy in just 20 minutes. So that's kind of my thing is like, Get out of this mindset that if you don't meditate for an hour a day, then you're not a good meditator. Or if you don't do a yoga sequence today and you miss it tomorrow, that you're a bad person. That's part of the, the issue in health in, in the first place is our limiting beliefs and how hard we are on ourselves. So no, I say just explore and see how it feels for yourself. That's why we use music because we make it fun. Most people want to sit in silence for an hour. That's no fun. And I've worked with Buddhist monks actually in monasteries here in Thailand that said the, the traditional forms of Buddhism never used to be this strict and boring. They said it used to be fun. They used to dance. They used to play. They had, and they love Soma because one, it helps them drop into a meditative state into that theta and gamma much faster. Two, they get to listen to music and it's fun. They enjoy doing it. And so we actually have monasteries here in Thailand that are using Soma as a regular practice with their monks wow. in the monastery. And so guys, it doesn't have to be this big, big, big ordeal. Life is, life should just be fun. And, and what you want to merge your way into eventually is that it becomes muscle memory. So when I'm riding on my scooter, or on my motorbike, 
I am meditating in a way. Obviously, I don't have my eyes closed. Um, when I'm at a meeting, I'm breathing in a two, four rhythm with an extended exhale to keep myself calm and focused. So I have integrated this into my muscle memory. So it's happening all the time. So I don't do many one hour sessions where I'm just sitting in meditation. No, it's because I've incorporated it to be a part of my everyday life. And this is what I, it's easily attainable. Most people think it's too far off or gone, or they are too far off or gone that they can't attain the same thing. And it's quite opposite. It's not near as hard and it doesn't need to be near as difficult as some people make it out to be. Wow. So usual sessions, 20 to 30 minutes? <clears throat> Absolutely. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. Sometimes okay. I just do some power breathing for 10 minutes and then I, I hold my breath out to use oxygen efficiently. That's really important. Intermittent hypoxia is crucial to the longevity of your life. Um, but yeah, some are five minutes, some are 12, some are 15. I have a, a plethora of different forms of meditations and guided breathwork sessions that I can apply to whatever state that I'm in. And this is something that I train other instructors to do. And I also um, provide for my clients to be able to tap into because not everyone has an hour every single day to focus on a practice and it doesn't need to be that way. Wow. And I think the you're even underselling the, the I think the, the oxidative stress that's taken away when you're doing breath work, like it just makes you feel so calm and that harmony for me is like that one word that I feel always, I think again, boom hops probably a little too heavy, but like what you're explaining, oh my God, being in control of your, like, are, are most people in some able to do control their breath like you can, or are you like the breath hold master? <laughs> no, 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 definitely <laughs> not. I'm not, I'm no, uh, no different than anyone else. And the thing is, is that I, I used to be able to hold my breath for 15 seconds. That was it. And then the more that I did it and was consistent, that's an important thing is that you do stay consistent um, with your practice, whether it's five minutes, 15 or an hour, whatever it is. And then it gets to a point where, you know, I get bored holding my breath out. <laughs> I'm like, right. I got things to do, you know, right. three minutes and four minutes. And I'm like, ah, come on, where's the urge to breathe? Let's do this. Um, but that shows me that I have built up a very strong CO2 tolerance. And this means that my body is using oxygen efficiently, which is allowing me not to deal with oxidative stress and putting strain on my cells, muscles, and tissues. So this is, allows me to live longer and, uh, and be more healthy, have more energy. So it's really, really, really important. Honestly, holding your breath out, it's called uh, Rishaka Kumbhaka or Nishisha Rishaka Kumbhaka. That's a Sanskrit word for holding a breath out. Um, or in American terms, it's called breath retention or intermittent hypoxia. It's low, brief periods of lower or less oxygen. Guys, I cannot express to you enough how important this is. I'm not even kidding. This is vital, vital. And it's, you guys, everyone's heard of athletes going to the top of mountains to train, right? Mm -hmm. They become superhuman. Right. And same thing with the ancient shamans and the yogis. Well, there's a reason why. In high altitudes, there's less oxygen. And so their bodies adapt to having less oxygen. Therefore, it's forced to use oxygen more efficiently because it has less oxygen. So the body recalibrates and it starts to figure out how to use oxygen more efficiently. One way is through what's called EPO. It's a growth hormone. Yep. Um, a I always forget how to pronounce the EPO. It's what the, it's the, the rich... Yeah, I was going to say it's with the UFC fighters take that uh that they all ended up winning the, the titles because this they're all doing the blood the blood transfusions. But continue, exactly. I'm sorry. Then, yeah. 
It's crazy. Okay, well, you can wow. do it by holding your breath out. <clears throat> when you lower oxygen levels in your bloodstream, you produce this growth hormone in your kidney that produces more red blood cells. Okay, what carries oxygen around the body? Wow, red uh, blood cells. Red blood cells. Yep, and that's so, the, that, that, that's connected to the mitochondria that gives you the energy. So it's like that's the answer. Exactly. Wow. See, it's exactly. And the mitochondria wow. is where you produce energy. And so the more oxygen that the mitochondria has to break down and convert into carbon dioxide <clears throat> and ATP energy, um, the more strain you're putting on your mitochondria. And the older we get, the less strong our mitochondria becomes. That's why um, our skin becomes wrinkled. That's why our hair turns gray. That's all because you're actually, you have less mitochondria. Okay. So if you are training in less oxygen and using less oxygen in your body, then you're putting less strain on your mitochondria. So one, you're going to produce energy more efficiently and you're going to be more energized, even though you're older Two, you're going to save the life of your mitochondria. And therefore you're going to be able to look younger, be healthier, be happier, have more energy levels, whether you're 20 years old or you're 70 or 80 years old. We have an 80 year old instructor <laughs> in part of the community. She's amazing. She cured wow. herself of a chronic lung disease that the doctor said was incurable. And she just goes to show you can be 80 years old. She goes to nursing homes and she, uh, she does sessions for the older people because she knows how, how powerful that is. And so this is just one thing I really want to, to step out to you guys is the importance of rhythmic breathing, which we've talked about, um, changing those rhythms to keep yourself calm, extending that exhale but the importance of training in brief or lower periods of oxygen is vital to your mitochondria, your energy levels, oxidative stress, and your overall energy and health and well-being of your entire mind and body. Wow. Ancient now, yogis knew what they were doing, man. They knew dude, what they were doing. This That's is why a, they're 90, 100 years old and they look like they're 60. They knew what they were doing. And, and just, um, yeah, I was thinking about, you know, nobody in, a, in, in the Western culture would tell you this because it's too easy. You know, you have to do an hour of meditation. You have to do an hour of the yoga class. You got to do make, make this money. It's so funny. Like, it's like, this is the little secret here. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. hundred percent. What was the, um, I didn't want to ruin it because I was Googling. I, I think I saw the awakening effect. Is that the, is that a, is that one of the big techniques or is that something that is used? What, yeah. what is that about? Same thing. It's rhythmic breathing, holding your breath out and then holding your breath in. Um, so those in an awakening journey, you could have a multitude of different breathing rhythms. So I may start off, let's say there's four rounds. Okay. Rhythmic breathing, holding your breath out. It's one round. So I might do a session with four rounds, maybe even five, but I might start with a two, four breathing rhythm. Okay. So it's important not to breathe in for two and out for seven. That's not a ratio. You want a 0.5 ratio. Okay. And this is why, um, it's just the, the harmonics and the systemization of rhythms. So if wow. you're going to breathe in for a count of two and out for a count of four, you're going to breathe in for a count of four out for a count of eight. Okay. Those in for four and out for four. It's like four to the floor in music. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Music is, is the seed to the soul. And so when you breathe in these rhythms with music, your physiology changes completely. And so if I want my, my clients to drop into a deep state of meditation, I'm going to have them breathe in for two and out for four. And they become very parasympathetic, relaxed. The mind begins to quiet. They drop their shoulders. And I may do one or two rounds of that. 
And then on round three, I may increase the breathing to be a four, four. So now they're increasing their energy levels a little bit. And on the last round, I may do a two, two or a one, one, like, and now we're really charging up and we're breathing out more carbon dioxide. And that's going to help you to hold your breath out for longer. And this is why it's an awakening experience because you end up into these brainwave states. You put yourself into this low oxygen environment and you start to feel this rush of energy and you can enter into a, a, almost a state of unconsciousness where you don't know if you're breathing, if you're holding your breath. And this is where the ego drops offline. The default mode network drops. Your body's releasing feel-good hormones. And this is also where a psychedelic even experience could, could occur. Because, well, you've heard of DMT, I'm sure, right? Yes, yes. We, we dabble. We dabble. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is an interesting topic. And <clears throat> considered and these other, you know, concepts in, in, in the world. Well, when is DMT? They found that it's actually produced in the body. Um, uh, it's hard. The research hasn't gone super deep into this, but um, they're saying it's produced in the lungs and the pineal, pineal gland, too. which is our, yeah, our third eye. Well, it is generally released right before you die. This is what science has shown so far. Okay. So think about this. This is actually is kind of a, a mind bender for you. And this is why we call it kind of the awakening. So if DMT or so, you know, so-called theory says that DMT is released right before you die. Okay. So if I have somebody breathing in a faster rhythm, okay. I'm breathing out much more than I normally am at a resting breathing rate. Okay. So when you breathe in, you breathe in oxygen. When you breathe out, you breathe out carbon dioxide. Okay. Carbon dioxide is actually what triggers you to want to have to breathe again. Okay. So when you hold your breath out, it's not a lack of oxygen that triggers you to want to have to breathe. It's actually a buildup of CO2. Okay. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm -hmm. So I know it's completely separate on what we've been taught and what we think, but that is the trigger is the CO2. So the thing though, is if I breathe in a faster rhythm, I'm breathing more carbon dioxide out than normal. So I'm lowering my CO2 levels dramatically. So when I hold my breath out, after breathing in that faster rhythm, then my CO2 levels are much, much lower. So now I can hold my breath out for much longer. Okay. When you hold your breath out for a period of time, then what you're doing is you're hacking the mind, the brain and the body. Okay. You're hacking it because you're putting it into a state that it it's you stopped breathing. Your diaphragm isn't moving. You're not taking breaths in and out. The body goes into a state of panic. Um, and it's called a positive stress response. It's not like complete panic. Um, but anyway, it says, holy shit, we're dying. We're dying. We're not breathing anymore. So what does it do? It starts to produce more red blood cells. It starts to dilate blood vessels. So you can mm. move more oxygen around the body. You become more efficient at using oxygen and you also release what's called tryptamines. And these tryptamines could be in the form of DMT or serotonin, melatonin, dopamine. And so you end up in this state of euphoria because you've tricked your body into thinking it's suffocating. So it starts to release these uh, tryptamines to make you feel good because it thinks that you're about to die. 
and you're not going to die. So don't worry. But do you, do you understand that the, 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 I don't know how, how intelligent our bodies are and how we actually have the ability to alter it, to trick it so that it starts to release and give us more of what we want and what, what feels good so that we can actually reprogram our subconscious mind, that we can enter into that state of euphoric bliss, receiving information and downloads. We are fully capable of so much in our lives, but the minds are too busy. There's too much sensory overload that all of that quality information is not being retained or being listened, or listened to or understood. And when you drop into that state of euphoria, you're not thinking about your job. You're not thinking about your dog or your life or the argument you had with your girlfriend. No, you're in a complete middle space. And this to me is where spirituality exists. This is where you connect with your highest power. Uh, you can receive downloads, insights, information, or you might just feel so fucking good that nothing else matters in that moment. The more you do this, the more your body, it becomes your default setting. You just live in a state of freaking joy, excitement, and passion. And that's what I love to see from my clients is when they can get outside of being dependent on the practice and they've created a new default setting where they're just happy. That is their natural state. And that's what I really encourage people to do. Wow. Uh, I think we just got to make up a placebo drug about this, the DMT, and we'll trick people into think, think they're taking drugs and we'll get them doing it. Breathe in, breathe that. And we'll give them a little sprinkle of something because that's, <laughs> you had me there. You had me at the DMT. I did, I did DMT for the first time, I don't know, like a couple of weeks ago, just once. And it was, uh, really? yeah, it was everything that I thought it'd be. I, I saw so like, the same thing that, you know, we were talking about stigmatisms, uh, a year ago, I would have been, I would have told you, don't put a psychedelic near me. And then my cousin, you know, grows it. So we dabble a little and it's been everything that like you're explaining. It's a, it, and I'm sure the, the aiding of this process is taking a little micro dose of, of psilocybin. Oh my God, this sounds incredible. Exactly. So yeah. do you understand now the, basically the diversity, I really think it's important for people to understand is you can go that route and it becomes very intense, or you could even go the route where you just breathe in a two, four rhythm or a four, eight rhythm. And it literally can put you to sleep in minutes. I have sleeping meditations that my clients love and it's 15 to 20 minutes of just four, eight breathing. You drop into such a deep state of parasympathetic, um, that you literally become so relaxed and, uh, you can fall asleep. So you can increase your energy, you can calm yourself down dramatically, or you can put your body into a state where it starts to release powerful chemicals and hormones that'll bring you into a very spiritual experience. And everyone is different. So just go into it with no expectations. But this is what I want to break the stigma of breath work. Breath work is not necessarily this one thing. No, it's pranayama the control of life force energy. And when you use it in certain manners, you can change the, the way that you think, the way that you feel, and the way your body reacts on each side of the spectrum. Wow. That seems <laughs> like this, this. Now, how do you suggest for, for somebody listening that doesn't never dabbled in any of this, just to dip their toe in without freaking them out? What do you suggest for, to, for this person to do? Hmm. Good question. Good question. I'm good at two things. <laughs> One, to freak yourself out a little bit, hold your breath out without any rhythmic breathing, without anything, remove all the air from your lungs, 
and hold and then time yourself. Okay. If you're at 20 seconds or less being able to hold your breath out, then you're dealing with potential cardiovascular issues, your heart and your, your oxygen efficiency and, and your heart and everything is, is not very healthy. Okay. If you're 20 seconds to 40 seconds, then that's average. That's pretty good. Uh, and if you're a minute or beyond, then you're doing very well, uh, very well. And so that's one way to gauge your health. Okay. How long can you hold your breath out without any pre-work? That is a clear test and sign of how efficient you are at using oxygen and your oxygen efficiency is a direct correlation to your health. Okay. So that's one way to gauge it. Um, which will actually kind of freak people out. <laughs> so sure. please yeah. understand guys that, um, it's okay. And even if you hold it out for five seconds, trust me, you can do this work and grow and, and you can do miraculous things with your mind and your body just by using these practices. Um, on the other side of that, I would recommend that somebody uses a sleeping meditation. So you lie down for bed, you hit play on your speakers or even pop on some headphones lie down to go to bed and you just breathe in this smooth two, four or four, eight rhythm. And you'll wake up the next morning going, what the hell just happened? And that's a very, very close correlation um, to give somebody that's going to help them sleep. Um, and it's going to show them how powerful their breath is without having to like be so aware of what's going on, like too aware. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that That's would be perfect. my recommendation or, um, our daily dose is also a really, really great way. It's just two rounds. It's that 20 minute session I was telling you about. Um, this is a, a glimpse into the beginning stages of, you know, what this breath can do for you. So, you know, you can check out some of our daily doses on YouTube, on my website, breathe with Steve. Um, I have a lot of meditations on there and, uh, ways for people to just get a, a taste, a 10 minute taste of what's going on. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check this out. Uh, this sounds very exciting. It just seems like you're putting all the the besides it being like efficient. It just seems like it just makes sense, right? You're taking it's like because I like to jump in the the deprivation tank. You, have you ever, you you're familiar with deprivation? Yeah. Tank? This is like an opposite, better, like efficient version of like something. I, I don't know. I'm excited to try it. So, where could um where could everybody find what was the the name of the website? You said Breathe with Steve. Well, that's so that's my personal one. Um, okay. Guys, definitely go check out SomaBreath.com. A hundred percent. And if anyone's interested in training in this and understanding the science and how deep it goes, we have a master's program that is absolutely amazing. And I'm one of the um, uh, mentors. So you get a mentor going through the master's program. And so I help you to design sessions, work with music, mix music, how to understand the science and how to integrate these things into your life. And so um, if this is something you guys want to go deep into, whether or not you plan on teaching it or not, um, the amount of value that comes through the instructor training course is, is nothing short than miraculous. We are, I mean, leading the way in professionalism when it comes to pranayama and the science of breath. A hundred percent. And, uh, so I highly recommend you guys and dive into it, but, um, you can check out the Soma breath YouTube channel or my YouTube channel, breathe with Steve. Actually, if you guys want, I just launched a new sleeping meditation. So I have a daily dose and a sleeping meditation on my YouTube channel, breathe with Steve. 
and they're amazing. You guys will absolutely love them. And so either the Soma Breath YouTube channel or Breathe with Steve to give you guys an actual dose of this breath work and its style, you can check it out right there. And then go to the website to learn more about the offerings that Soma has um, because it's amazing. And we're all about community. Community is the cure. Yeah. Community is Dude. the cure. And we're all just trying to, to grow and do it together. Um, it's more uh, cooperation rather than competition. You know what I mean? Exactly. Steve, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to link everybody, all this stuff. We're going to link it. Um, check, check down below. Um, Steve, seriously, thank you so much, man. This is, this is great. Come on again, please. Uh, maybe we'll do a little breath work together. One, one, one episode. I don't know this stuff. Seems, dude, you may look so easy. I'm like blown away. I'm like, this motherfucker is going up and down for 40 beats differences. It's crazy. But, well, um, and here's another cool thing too. We could even do a follow-up on this. This is an app that shows my sympathetic and parasympathetic. Wow. Look at that. And so in two or three minutes, I can go from sympathetic to fully parasympathetic, showing my power frequency of my heart on this app. And so I actually have an HRV monitor on right now. And so just by using my breath, I can switch my nervous system in two minutes. It's amazing how it can be done. Amazing. Hell, should we, should we do a, a little two or three minute breath work right now? Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I like your style, man. Just remember in through the nose and out through the mouth. Let's do this.
And there you have it. There you have it. And check this out. I was at, what was it? 1,400 LF. That was my simple. Wow. You flipped it and then you added so much. Wow. I made my power frequency of my parasympathetic twice as strong as my sympathetic was. So there's also a breathing method that will do the opposite. And so this just goes to show this was 3.0 ratio. It's now 0.3. That means I am fully parasympathetic right now. Okay. Obviously I'm not sleeping. I'm calm. I'm relaxed. And I, I'm sure you guys at home are watching or listening to this um, in that just two or three minutes already feel a little bit more calm and put together. Uh, what about you? What about you, Scott? Dude, I really liked it, but I feel more calm than obviously after the, the, it feels like the op, I'm not used to doing two in four out, but I really like that rhythm. I feel like I feel a little fiery on it. It's a little fire in my face. That's pretty, pretty yeah. good. I'm feeling very relaxed. Well, yeah, you're going to actually, when you become parasympathetic, this is when the body can become optimized. This is where you dilate blood vessels, you increase blood flow. You actually use oxygen more efficiently just by creating this harmonic state. So you like every time you breathe in, you contract every time you exhale, you do, it's a vasodilator, you expand. So the more we breathe out, the more we're actually opening up the muscles, opening up the tissues and dilating the blood vessels. So that's that kind of rush feeling that you feel. It's your body actually getting out of a state of contraction. And it's so subtle that we don't realize that we're contracted. And that's why the breath will show you what you need to see. And just like that, in three minutes, I went from actually stressed out. This, this HRV uh, reader showed that I was stressed out to fully parasympathetic. Imagine if you did that for 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. Um, you're going to create more dominancy to the either side of your nervous system. So it just goes to show how quickly you can alter your physiology and actually access your autonomic nervous system. And if you want to go the other way, would you go four in, two out? Is that on the exactly. right track? Wow. That exactly. is freaking cool, man. You just have to be careful. I do want to let people know if you do either one of these too much. Yeah. If you do two, four and calming too much, you can become, you know, apathetic, lazy, not motivated. The sympathetic nervous system is very, very important to your life, but we have to learn how to shut it off. Okay. So if you do four in and two out, do it in moderation. Do not use that as your crotch of energy. Okay. Cause you'll burn yourself out. You'll actually become fatigued if you use it too much. So use it sparingly. And when you do burst that energy and you're going full power for a couple of hours, make sure you return to a two in four out so that you actually are creating balance to the nervous system. Okay. We need to shut it off just as much as we need to turn it on. Okay. Wow. So use it in moderation. Dude, that was awesome. Thank you so much for that. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, like, put myself to bed tonight. That's what I feel. I feel like I'm ready, ready, ready to rock. But uh, no, thank you so much, man. Of course, man. Thank you. I really appreciate what you're doing and your story. Um, like, like you said, we can, we really can share that, uh, that experience together. And it's I'm weird, man. That a it's lot of people have actually dealt with the same. And I want everyone to know or listening that you're not alone. Trust me. We've all dealt with a lot of shit. And, uh, if I can do it, the con construction guy can do it. So can you guys. Yeah. You got the construction you guy, anything. you got the crazy hedge fund guy here. And I'm telling you, you know, cause thank God we got out of it. You know, you got out of your, your situation. Lucky. I feel blessed for mine. So that's all we're trying to do is save some people. So everybody seriously, thank you. Check out all the stuff linked at the bottom. Uh, leave a like, share with your friends, please get this word out. 
uh, particularly about Soma. This is this stuff, you know, whether whether it's now or 10 years from now, 20 years from now, people, you know, I feel like we you just you just broke a little bit of my brain, Steve. So I appreciate the knowledge, man. Broke to rebuild, right? That's it, man. All right, everybody. <laughs> stay safe, stay positive, stay blessed. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.